What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Uh, my name is Ricky and of course I am joined by my friend and co-host Clive. Good evening Clive, how are we doing? I'm alright sir, I'm looking forward to tonight's event. As am I, as am I. Um, so before we introduce our two guests and before we talk about another NXT pay-per-view card, I just want to say um, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, um, who are the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. And I'll speak from first hand. I used it for the first time last week and everything is perfect down there. Before <laughs> before or after? Is this another perfect Ricky thing? Yeah, I mean, I, didn't, I actually didn't take before and after photos like I promised I would. I, I, I don't think that's appropriate to put on Twitter. No, I will uh, ask Martha Giannetti that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's say we said last week we've got two guests coming on. Um, and fortunately, they're both available and they're both here. Um, the first person is one half of Keeping It Strong Style, um, the boss himself, Mr. Jeremy Donovan. Good evening, how are we doing? Good evening, guys. Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on again. Good to have you on. It's been a while. Um, yeah. And our second guest is one half of the longest-running podcast on our network, One Nation Radio, and that is Mr. James Boyd. Yes, I know you're disappointed you guys didn't get rich. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the way to introduce yourself there. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't have anything good, so I might as well be self-deprecating. <laughs> uh, I mean, just to just to like help boost the ego. Like we never we never asked Rich at all. We went straight for you. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> say that again. Just to just to help boost your ego there. Like we never approached Rich at all. We decided we were taking James. Um, so sorry about that, Rich. Yeah, but that's only because like Rich like hates NXT now. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Um, like I said, so we've got so two weeks ago, mine and Caleb done our cards. Last week, Clive and Rance done their cards, and this week we've got like I said, Jeremy and James coming on to do their cards. Um, just a quick rundown once again of the rules before the guys get into their picks. So we've got an NXT card that's going to be an NXT men's title match, women's title match, tag titles, um, and then. <clears throat> the North American title, as well as two random matches, and those random matches can consist can consist of any match as long as it's not for one of the titles that have been mentioned. Um, it can be for the NXT UK title, and it can be any non-title match. It could be or a blood feud, whatever people want. And you obviously can't use the same wrestlers twice. 
Um, so, Gents, which one do you want to go first? Who's confident? I'll go first. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm basically going down the line. So my North, my NXT men's title match is Almas versus Gargano at uh, Takeover Philly. Uh, my women's title match is Sasha Bailey Brooklyn One, which I'm sure like swept the whole thing. If not, I don't know what's going on. Um, my North American uh, match is the North American ladder match from New Orleans in 2018. Um, my tag match is strong in O'Reilly versus Mustache Mountain from I believe that's Brooklyn Four. Um and then my two wildcard matches, the first one is uh Walter Bate NXT UK title match. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm losing my mind. Um, I take that back about the uh Mustache Mountain. I meant the um Undisputed Era and um Undisputed Era of uh O'Reilly and Fish versus the Broserways from Portland this year. Right. Um, and then my wildcard match is Walter um, Bate NXT UK title match from TakeOver Cardiff. And my last wildcard match is Zane Nakamura from, I believe that's San Antonio from 2016. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time out of, this is the fifth one we've had, and that's the first for Almas and Gargano. Is that right, Ricky? Yeah, like, I says. I said it last week. I think I said it when we recorded uh, my pay per view. It was like, that's my biggest regret, and I still regret it now that I never put Almas Gargano on. Um, partly because I had Champa and Gargano. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I said last week, Almas and Gargano was the best NXT match I've seen. Um, uh, A lot of people feel that way. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think this pay per view might actually be better than my own pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't, like I say, if, we, if you want to we'll sit and talk about each individual match, uh, like I said, I've made my feelings clear about the first match that James named there, Gargano and Almas. Like I said, I think it's hands down the best match I've seen in, in under NXT. Um, yeah, like I, I can't really add too much more to that. Like I said, I think that match is just literally perfect from start to finish. Um, so, uh, Jeremy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is overall a really great card that James put together. I mean, a lot of my matches are very similar to what James put together. So I don't know if we want to run down my card, and then I guess we can have a big discussion on all the matches. Yeah, yeah, we could do it, yeah. Okay, so uh, I named my uh, TakeOver NXT TakeOver Jurisdiction. Oh, nice. (laughs) Insider. (laughs) Deep cut, sir. So, uh, and so I'm starting from the opening match to the main event. So, opening the show with NXT title match, Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain from TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Uh, following up with Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn from TakeOver Dallas. Followed by the NXT women's title match, Bailey versus Sasha Banks from TakeOver Brooklyn. Um, then I followed up with a, um, Another wild card match. So it's the NXT UK title match with is Walter versus Pete Dunne from Takeover New York. Mm. Then in the semi main, I have the North American um, ladder match from New Orleans, and then my main event is also Gargano versus Andrade from Takeover Philadelphia. We picked four of the same matches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
See, that's going to happen because obviously there are many, many takeovers that are just above, well above average, but there are certain yeah. matches that stick out, especially within the individual divisions that we've slotted them in. But that's now for the wildcard ones. Sammy and Nakamura has come up a couple, a few times now. Yeah, because Ranch picked up last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've got three of the same for James. I had the same tag title match, obviously the same women's match, um, North American title match as well, and I four because I had Walter and Tyler Bate as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and actually Josh before listening to our podcast and no, I won't say anything actually we'll, we'll leave that um, but yeah four of, four of the same I think three I've got the same as Jeremy as well um, but as Clive says I think we're going to get a lot of people picking the same especially when it comes to that women's match um, you know like I know Rance picked what did Rance pick last week was it um, I've got Rance's and Ember Moon right Ember Moon yeah. so did, I'm assuming he picked the the Brooklyn three match right because that was the best one of their two <laughs> Yeah, I picked the sequel, yeah. Okay. I had Brooklyn 2 on my phone for some reason there. It was definitely the third one, yeah. Brooklyn 3, mm-hmm. just so I'm doing it, because I'll be doing a wee sort of... I was thinking about doing a poll on the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, take some screenshots of everyone's picks and then do a poll in that group, see what people think's the best one. So whoever's out of the six of us is the... The takeover booking champion. <laughs> Sounds good. But yeah, when it comes to the, the women's title match, I think that was definitely the one slot where it's like, I mean, there's a there are like a ton of great women's matches, but if you're trying to put together the absolute best card, like Bailey and Sasha Banks at Brooklyn, hands yeah. down, I think is the number one pick to pick. I know like, you know, Rance picked the Ember and Asuka. I know I've heard some people talking about picking the, the women's Fatal 4-Way, and I know mm-hmm. I think Josh says, since he has another option, that he thinks it's actually better um, than Bailey and um, Sasha, but I won't spoil that here. I'll let him you know enter his card in. But I don't know. I think Bailey and Sasha's best bell-to-bell women's match in NXT history. The story going into it was just so great, um, and you know Sasha just being the ultimate heel, and Bailey being this underdog babyface, and Everybody wanted to see her win, and just throughout the match, Sasha just being a jerk, stomping on the arm, pulling off Izzy's um, hair bow. Like, it was just so much great, like, character work. This is perfect. Like, great character work, great build, great actual in-ring action. Like, this is, like, the perfect package of a match right here. So, you are so into, or, like, that feud was so good that, like, you actually, like, merged that match with the... uh, Iron Woman match, like she Sasha pulled off of Izzy's headband when they went back into uh, Full Cell and the Iron Woman match, but like there was a spot <clears> where uh, <throat> Bailey had the Dusty Rolls like uh, casting on her arm, and you know part of that got ripped off in the middle of the match. That was also you know the arm that Sasha stomped on um, when she rolled back when Bailey was reaching for the ropes when Bailey was in the bank statement. And she, you know, rolled her back to the middle of the ring, kicked off the bottom rope, and then slapped her back into it. Like, I mean, I think it is at, I think it's now at this point the second greatest women's match in WWE history behind only uh, Bailey, I'm not, I don't know Bailey, but Becky in Charlotte from um, Evolution in 2018. Right. But, like, it, either way, it's still just, 
like I think is is those two is almost like uh like who's the greatest wide receiver in NFL history is like okay it's Jerry Rice it's Randy Moss and then it's everybody else like I think those are the two that stand like at just on a different level compared to the rest like no knock against Ember and and Oscar no knock against the women's four way um no knock against women's war games or EO versus uh, versus Candace but like they just were not on <clears> that <throat> particular level that we're talking about. That um, the last woman standing match, I think that was pretty much an overwhelming victory for votes when we did the main roster best ever card. Uh, so many people picked that one, and I can understand why. J- James, see that? Am I right in saying you were at full sale for the respect take over yeah. respect? So I can under like I've got no issues with you picking Sasha versus Bailey one. But I would have thought that maybe with you being there, and that was a, a crazy, crazy atmosphere that night, maybe that would have pipped it for you. Um, yeah, I'm I'm big into um, my experience, but at the same time, like I, I also go back and rewatch them. Right. So, um, you know, once you get past that, you can kind of get the idea of um, of what what other people feel about. It. Like, for example, um, I liked um, just off initial viewing because I was there for New York um, I because that car was so incredible and I was um, at a distance away like I kind of felt like um, the first time watching Gargano uh, in Cold 2 out of 3 Falls at New York I felt like it didn't peak until the third fall and then I rewatched it a second time and I remember watching um, the TakeOver 25 rematch and I thought you know the takeover rematch was better on the second, you know, first initial view. And then I finally watched, got around at the end of last year watching the first, uh, the New York match. And I was like, nah, bro, like the people that think that this is like the potentially the greatest WWE match ever, like I see why. Like it's incredible. The, the wrestling's incredible. And then like once you watch the third fall and see how hard they're hitting each other, you're just like, oh my goodness. Like you can't feel that from a, Unless you're like right around ringside, like uh-huh. the shots they were they were giving each other, so I understand why people you know feel like it's some um, over five star match. Right. The the I think see when it comes down to that women's match, Rance has obviously went for Asuka and Ember Moon, and it is one I'll need to rewatch. But there's going to be so many people picking this women's match that I think it might just be defunct. Right. Okay. Let's accept that that is the best NXT women's match. Just from overwhelming opinion, basically. But I also yeah. think that I also think sometimes, like, well, not sometimes, but like, just because the answer is so obvious, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. You know, like, I don't think there are certain picks here that I just don't think you need to overthink. And I think this was the one that stood out the most. It was like I could have went, like you said, a couple of different ways, but the reality is, like, <clears throat> that stands out more than anyone. And I think. Jeremy says, like, the, when it comes to, like, NXT, like, you know, the reality is, like, there's not too much difference between, like, some of the better matches in the sense it was, like, well, we're going to be kind of picking straws here, like, you know, nitpicking was, like, well, this was, there was something wrong with it. You know, like, the in-ring quality in NXT is always going to be great. I think what really separates this is because this was, it was just a months, and, months upon months of the storyline, and, and obviously Sasha being this horrible, horrible heel, and then Bailey ultimately, you know, um, getting her crowning moment, and you know, it, it was it was huge. Um, like I said, I think the story more than anything is what makes this so great. Like, like I said, in ring work, you know, is going to be great, but the story was just unbelievable, and I think that's what that 
that I'll always remember from it, and I think that's what carries so much weight when you're talking about the greatest NXT matches, because I don't think you can ever forget just exactly what the story was and, and how monumental of a victory it was for Bailey at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, it was yeah. beyond epic. It was excellent stuff. Also, you can't forget about the uh, the super poison Rana spot. That's oh. like instant highlight. And I think that was at a time where they weren't really doing Poison Ranas yet in NXT. and But, of course, all over the world and over the Indies, like Poison Rana was, like, number one spot. And so to see it in a WWE ring and then to see it off the top rope and to see it with two women, like, it's put that moment, like, over the top. And it was perfect as well. It was just textbook. Yeah. So, um, right, so, sorry, Clive. No, on you go. I was going to say we'll move on to another pick that both guys picked. Um <laughs> Clive, I know you're not a huge fan, um, but we'll go over the North American title match. Right. <laughs> um, so obviously, like I say, Clive didn't particularly like this match. Um, Str- they, they're strong words. They're strong well, words. Well, you're not a fan of it then. Um, I, I say, I, this, was, this was my pick as well. Um, and this was obviously the, the debut of... Uh, Ricochet as well um, and I, I remember talking and, and I, I love the EC3 and Adam Cole spot and then Adam Cole starts super kicking everyone and I even say it's like it was the two big guys on the match Killian Dane and Lars uh, Lars yes. yeah. like, even they, I was like oh, like you normally sometimes don't associate like big guys standing out in these kind of matches or even having these kind of matches like I thought they two played played their part really, really well as well. I thought they looked really strong. Um, last year's overall, I think this was... I thought it was a ter- terrific match. Um, you know, and for the highlight probably would be when um, Ricochet comes flying off the top rope and Adam Cole meets him with a super kick. Um, uh, like overall, I just thought this match was, was excellent. Um, I think it opened the card that year. Yeah, I think it did. Yes. Uh, yes. So, yeah, yeah, like... <clears throat> big fan of this match, big big fan. I think the only disappointing thing, up of the unfortunate thing, is we don't have like like a deep deep history of the North American <coughs> title, and so we only were really really. I think we're only like single digits where we could have matches we could have picked from. Um, but like I say, this was this was my pick, and it was uh, I still really really like it. Um, still one of the better ladder matches we'll probably ever see, or certainly for for a while. Yeah. I think the thing about the North American title in NXT is that the people that have had it, um, when it comes to this kind of uh, you know exercise or whatever else, um, you want to deploy their their champions elsewhere. Like you want to deploy Adam Cole somewhere else. You want to deploy Ricochet somewhere else. You want to deploy uh, Johnny Gargano somewhere else. Like if the North American <laughs> title match was off the table, and I still had to do this um, exercise. I I guess I will go with um, Keith Lee and Dijak from Portland this year because I still can't like like obviously the best singles match that's been done with the uh, North American title has been like was Phoenix with Ricochet and Gargano but like you can't wait you can't quote unquote waste Johnny Gargano on a on a damn near five star match because he had that's like his fifth or sixth best match in, in Takeover so. Like it, it's really hard when it came to the strategy of trying to figure out like, all right, who are your guys? Who like who are the people that you know are your best matches or whatever else? And how to deploy this to try to fill out all six matches as best you can. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Quite a lot of strategy is involved in putting it together. 
Definitely. Yeah. yeah, exactly like you were saying, James. You know, as as we're putting the card together, you're looking at obviously there's several key guys you want on the card. You want Gargano, you want Cole, Andrade, you know, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bay, like Nakamura right. saying, like you have all these big guys that you have to fit in the card and like you mentioned, yeah, when you're narrowing down, all right, which five star match of Johnny Gargano someone's gonna put him in? <laughs> and it's like, well, why not make it your your main event and the world title match and close the show off with that with that banger? Um, and then you gotta find some place for Adam Cole and Ricochet. I mean, you could have put their uh, singles title match on there, but putting this mat this card, why not throw a gimmick match on there and get more bodies on the card? You know, you get yeah. um, EC three and. Uh, Velveteen Dream and some of these other guys that were, you know, top stars in NXT and you get all these guys six and one and then that match is just incredible. I remember we watched that match, you know, in our little rental in New Orleans um, the next day after because we, we went to the Ring of Honor show that night. We watched it the morning of and just, just seeing how great that was and just, you know, we were all big fans of Ricochet before coming to NXT, so seeing him on a WWE stage, especially when you wouldn't think he would be like on a big stage like that. That was cool, and just the spots he was doing. And then um, EC3 was just killing himself in that match. Oh he, my god, yes! Yeah, he did an interview. Um, I forget who it was. He was on a podcast last week talking about. Like, he's like, "Yeah, I know that I'm not a flashy guy, so I'm like, I got to kill myself." <laughs> <laughs> like, I think for me, like him coming in and doing that, you know, given what his rep was, and given that you know, you look at him, you're like, "Oh, that's just a WWE, that's just a Vince McMahon body guy." And you see how he is trying to murder himself on multiple occasions throughout that match um, to get it over. And he did. And like, like, I feel like they did nothing but ingratiate himself to the, you know, the anti vision man's professional wrestling types. So, like, you go out there and, you, and, like, you're willing to, you know, take a beating, you know, you know, take all these bumps through ladders and get sandwiched and, you know, could potentially cause internal bleeding to try to get a match over. I felt like that did that carried him a lot of favor, and that led to you know with the the music and his charisma. That's why he ended up getting over as a babyface for a while in NXT until you know they moved him out of there. Yep, they, he ended up having a match with Velveteen Dream the next takeover, which wasn't that great, was it? Was it that one? Um, yeah, it, it was the that was Brooklyn, that was Brooklyn Four. Right. Oh, right. It was a SummerSlam weekend. That's right. Yep, yep. And then it didn't work. It didn't work over well. But you know, ultimately, I think the Velvet or EC3, like the second you saw him and saw the match he was having, I was, you just thought like, this is meant to go to the main roster and they'll deal with that there because like he's a great promo. He has great charisma. He's he's the kind of quirky charisma that like means that he can do some comedy and do wacky stuff that Vince wants. And then he gets there. And they basically made him like a male gigolo. Like he was just a man for hire. Yeah. It was weird. It was really weird that it didn't work out because it's like if if he can, if this don't have nothing to do with doesn't want that dude to work. Like who is he going to like get behind to try to you know try to make in the future? Uh-huh. Yeah, because that was that was just a general consensus when he first signed with NXT. What everyone was saying, you know, like. This isn't a typical NXT guy. You like you're kind of going to have to wait until he gets to the main roster before you kind of maybe start to see him flourish a little bit. Um, and like you say, it's like he just comes across like what Vince would want in his wrestles, um, and it just never worked out like that. Mm. So yeah, he was, 
he was saying in, in the podcast interview, I think maybe it was on it was like Jericho. Yeah, I was talking to Jericho. He was oh. saying that, you know, he got called to the main roster and they were doing these vignettes of him at his pool and, you know, he was, you know, being over the top and then Vince saw it and he was like, you're too over the top, pal. And then <laughs> they started doing they started doing the promos where he's like in the mirror flexing and he's like, well, Vince thought I, was, I could only do over the top. He didn't want me to talk at all. So he only just wanted me to, you know, look in the mirror and flex. And he's like, Vince, I can, I have other ranges. Like, I don't just, you know, I'm not just over the top. I can do serious. I can tone it down. Like, but apparently Vince wasn't having that. So, but it's so weird. You know, he's a guy that was in their system at one point. He was on the original game show NXT. Is Derek Bateman left, got in incredible shape, jacked, went to TNA, had a world title run uh, that was pretty good. And like normally guys, you know, like Drew McIntyre that leave get in better shape, have world title runs, come back, and eventually get some kind of shot. But, yeah, it's, once he got to the main, it just really not got out the gates for him. Mm. It, it just, it just, it doesn't make, it doesn't sit well for me because it's like somebody with that much personality, charisma, and, like, my skills, and, like, versatility to do comedy, do serious, like, I thought y'all, I thought y'all like to say y'all don't like pro wrestling, y'all want to do movies. Like, if you ask somebody with that kind of range deploy him it was it was just weird to me it's like yeah okay so like this whole batch of people like he was in that batch with like lars who i don't know where lars is right like um <laughs> uh lacey evans nikki cross um and then or and also um heavy machinery is like you mean to tell me i don't out of, out of that group of people with like this 510 like like statuesque a blonde woman EC3, like the people that they end up working out for y'all is like Nikki Cross as like a bottom of the mid card uh, baby face waiting to get turned on any day by Alexa Bliss, and, or and, and Otis like Otis is meant to be a prelim comedy person that sticks around forever. Like he's meant to like replace the Heath Slaters and Art Truths of the world, and like that's a that's a role that's worth that's that's you know that's that's me make some good money you know without having to take a bunch of crazy bumps. So good for Otis, but like. That's the best you do. Like Ricochet, like Ricochet came in the next batch uh, along with uh, um, Alistair Black. Black. Alistair Black gets protected just so that he can get his ass whooped, like by Seth Rollins. Like it's all worth. We protected them so that we could not protect them anymore. Like you're on your own now. This is really weird. That whole batch and crop of NXT talents from the last uh, two years. Uh, Well, it brought up. Velveteen Dream a minute ago and speaking of Velveteen Dream we at Social Suplex have the grooming product for you oh god <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, oh my god Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer the, the Manscaped engineering team just spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Accidents are finally a thing of the past. Uh, and this is a premium product. The battery will last up to 90 minutes just in case you're quite bushy downstairs. I don't know why they, they tell us this part. Uh, the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features about it is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Maybe you can do some shadow puppet work as well. 
uh, and they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Don't forget about the charging stand. You can show you're more off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to this right now, first of all, I apologise for the lead into this, especially since the boss of Social Suplex is on, but I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. So trim that drunk of yours and you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code SUPLEX when the checkout area at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Ricky, would you like to move on from this awkward moment? Thank you. That, that, that was probably the best and one and only time that you've nailed it without making any kind of mistake. I was trying to get over my really bad taste joke. Yeah. Um, right, okay. Um, what else match did they have the same year? Um, both. Nakamura and Zayn. Yeah, I, I joked... And, I mean, it's not really joking because it's probably the truth. Uh, this is like Nakamura's one and only good match in WWE. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> no, that was that was awesome. Like, I think the thing that kind of stood out the most maybe was just right before before Nakamura's music hit. Like, you, there's a the image of Sami Zayn kind of sitting in the corner and he's smiling. You're probably like he's, you're obviously thinking to himself like, "This is going to be a great fucking match." Like he's looking forward to it. Like you know, you could, you could see that coming through the TV. And I remember uh, when William Regal initially made the announcement to Sami Zayn saying, that, "Well, you don't have an opponent. Here's your opponent," and it was Nakamura on the screen. Um, I, I said I do. It's kind of tongue in cheek when it says Nakamura's um, only good match in WWE, but I think it's. It's by far his best match. Yeah. Um, whether it's NXT or WWE main roster, and I would probably put hmm, again. Some people might say, "Well, Sami Zayn and Neville," but this is if it's not Sami Zayn's best match, it's probably in like one of the top two um, that he's been involved in. Um, yeah. Um, everything about this match was just truly, truly awesome, and, and that was still. Um, King of Strong Style Nakamura. I thought I said I said as well. Like if that would be, if you'd never saw him prior to NXT and WWE, like that was the closest thing you'll ever see of who he was yeah. beforehand. Um, and yeah, like match was just awesome. Like the, from the moment Sami Zayn came out, the crowd were at a fever pitch throughout the entire match. Um, probably, like I said, it's one of the greatest NXT matches of all time, and it's one of the, like. Like I said, just that moment before Nakamura makes his entrance, like you can see everyone kind of on the edge of a seat, like you know, like really like, an all-time high. Um, I think it's a, it's, it's just it's a great fucking pick. Yeah, and I think that the timing was perfect too, because you know Nakamura just a few months ago had the the AJ Styles match at Wrestle Kingdom, which you know was an incredible match. So everybody was like, still like hyped up about that match. When you think about Nakamura, like, that's the last thing you think about. Like, oh, yeah, he's had this incredible match with AJ. Now he's going to wrestle Sami Zayn, one of the, you know, best wrestlers in the promotion and one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, there's no reason why this match shouldn't be incredible. So I think there's a, it's a lot of hype and excitement for Nakamura coming to NXT and just seeing what he can do. Like you mentioned, Ricky, it was, it's pretty much like they just plucked, you know, Nakamura from New Japan and put him into NXT. He was still King of Strong style, pretty much still wrestling the same match style. And so it was, it was just, yeah, it was awesome. 
yeah, uh, take off on that. Like, I think it's one of the best <laughs> introductions in WWE history. Um, NXT main roster, whatever. Like, uh, he comes in, he has, he ends up getting the best entrance music of of the the network era. Uh, comes out. Um, he, he is like you said, like he's ported literally from that January 4th show into, you know, a few weeks later in San Antonio and he's wrestling Sami Zayn and he's wrestling a style that we thought will never be allowed in WWE. Uh, and Sami Zayn's matching him and you have like, you know, one of the greatest baby faces of, of the generation, like, you know, punching a downed opponent with his bare fist at, at a certain point, like the, the match of brutality. Um, it was a match. Honestly, like when I first saw it, like, I love Nakamura. I love watching the New Japan like shows when I when I watched it at the time like sporadically. But like I, at that time, I was literally scared shitless of that and kind of was like, is are people really going to be doing this over? Going to bring that over here and wrestle this kind of style? And then like that becomes like what people want to do. And like, what does that mean for you know CTE and stuff like that? <laughs> like I was I was legitimately scared to death of that man of like strong style and you know King Roll style and, all that, and head drops and all that stuff. Um, back back then, I'm I'm you know I've grown more accustomed to it, but like seeing that was just like to see that in a WWE ring at the time was like I can't believe they're actually doing this. I just couldn't believe it. It, it was an incredible match. Um, and also you know it's Rich says like the line of demarcation from NXT is the actual developmental brand to know this is this is something else we don't know exactly how to describe it yet we know how to describe it now but like it close that's the time when it moves on to something else and also this is like you sent also at the end this is you sending off Sami Zayn to the main roster for good and he at that time he probably was the greatest NXT performer of all time so it was like it, it had so much going for it including not just the, the incredible match like you know, like at that time, if you had told me that was the greatest match in NXT history, I would have been like, I would have had no problems with it. It just so happens that like, it seems to have been surpassed, but like, it definitely is um, an all-time NXT you know match that should be mentioned for greatest matches ever in whatever like top ten, fifteen, twenty list you have. See, another thing that doesn't actually get mentioned as much because James was saying there about it being really hard hitting. This was basically an exhibition match. And because it was seen that way, you could see that the both both wrestlers were enjoying themselves and to see them lay in such hard-hitting moves and strikes and hit um, chops to the chest and all that stuff. They were doing it just for fun and the crowd were loving it. There was no animosity, nobody to boo, nobody to sort of single out for cheering. So there was a whole feel-good factor to it as well. And uh, because of that, because of it being exhibition, you could just sit back, put your feet up, and just watch them with joy kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah, that was also the night where the both these guys chance was born. Right, like, right. The cr- was the it? Just, yeah. Oh, man. The crowd was loving it so much, and they wanted to hear both guys. It's like both these guys, <laughs> both these guys. Right. <laughs> It's kind of sad to see Sammy. Oh, he's not wrestling a few ones, but it's just kind of sad to see him now. I think um, injuries have well and truly caught up with him. Um, obviously, you're never going to wrestle the same style on the quote unquote main roster as you would in NXT. But like I said, there was there was a period where this guy was like, if not the best wrestler in the company, then certainly like one of the top two or three. Um, and I said, 
and how I suppose it's kind of similar to Bailey thing. Like how you can mess up such a beloved babyface the way they did, and and never pushed them the way they did and booked them properly. It's just it's mind boggling. Um, you know, because he could have been an absolute superstar as a babyface for you because everything about him was just was was great. Um, yeah. So yeah. like yeah, they messed up there. Yeah, they got Sami Zayn handed on a platter, and I remember yeah. they had that that huge um, the Kevin Owens match that they had. I think it was like in 2016. It was like was it Battleground? Yeah, they had that last match. Uh, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, yeah, Battleground 2016. One of the, like one of the sleeper like banger pay per views. Um, yeah, that was the, that was like the, the quote unquote last time um, they were they were billing that as uh, in. Sammy got his win, and we thought, you know, this might be something. And nope, but that was pretty much the last time he had a real had a had a. It seemed like he had a lot going for him at the time. That ma- that last match he had with uh, Owens, or the last build match he had with Owens. Uh-huh. And Kevin yeah, went on to yeah, win the universal a... title like a month or two later. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird because, like, yeah, Owens lost. So you're like, all right, so clearly they're going to go with Zayn and try and move him up the card. But, yeah, then Owens ends up winning the Universal title, and he ends up, you know, getting pushed to the top. And then Zayn just, like, you know, free falls down the card until we just don't see him anymore, until he becomes a heel. It's bizarre. I remember after that match thinking, okay, they're going to put him – Sammy just won his big match – They've been doing this thing where they've been trying to book him like Daniel Bryan where he loses and loses and loses. Well, he just finally won him a big one. Okay, cool. Where can we send that energy to? And I was thought to myself, all right, let him go fight Rusev for the for – the, uh, I think it was the U.S. title at the time. Yeah. Nope, that's for the big dog. I'm just like <sighs> – <laughs> and, and then you think about the feud with, with, against Rusev and it was, okay, so Roman Reigns shows up and – is disrespectful to Lana in front of Rusev, and then they start fighting. Why would you do this to Roman? Like it's just like, <laughs> why would you put Roman in this feud just to just to you know have him to do this side quest thing for a for a uh, secondary title? And then like, why would you make him like a jerk? And also like, what are you gonna do with Sami Zayn? And then like, I guess really the answer for that is like. Later, towards the the winter of that year, you end up having him like do the program with Braun to help get him over as a monster. I guess that's really all they used to capitalize off of the you know that big win at Battleground. Really, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all shaking our heads. <laughs> yeah, it's like this company. Like, <laughs> um, what was it? Was it three matches you had the same? Or was it four? No, I can't remember. Uh, we also uh, had Gargano and Andrade. As I want to leave that for last. Okay. Okay, so... Um, NXT title match, as I always say, championship match always closes your pay-per-view. Um, so we ha- I think we, we had two different undisputed matches. I had undisputed and Mustache Mountain, and you had undisputed and Brother Rates, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can... Uh, <clears throat> um, wait, we'll go with the Mustache Mountain. Um, and that was Jeremy's pick. Yeah, so yeah, that was from Takeover Brooklyn Four. And like we mentioned earlier, when you're putting together these cards, there's certain people you want to have on your card. 
Um, Roderick Strong is one of my favorite wrestlers ever, and I'm like, I gotta find a spot for Roddy on this card. I love Kyle O'Reilly. I was like, I gotta find something for him. Um, I love Tyler Bate. Um, you know, the Tyler Bate and uh, Pete Dunne matches were tempting. Tyler Bate and yep. Walter match was tempting, but just the way I structured my card and in a, in a way to be able to get Roddy and Kyle on, like it just made the most sense for me to do this Mustache Mountain match. Um, this was just a great matchup. This is a spot where, you know, Bobby Fish is hurt and Roddy steps in and Roddy and Kyle just had amazing chemistry and proved to me, I think, is the better duo uh, uh, between um, him, Kyle and Bobby and, and Roddy and Kyle. Um, so, yeah, I love Roddy and Kyle together. It's just an excellent match and it's amazing chemistry, and yeah, you want to talk about, you know, NXT's just been the home for tag team wrestling the last couple of years, and you, know, you talk about your revivals and American Alphas and DIYs and just all these great teams that have come through, and then you bring in, you know, Undisputed, and you bring in Mustache Mountain from the UK, and they just, they just had a spotlight, and it's just killed it. And they, they had a great rivalry, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, that's the crazy part, is like, that is their second best match. Yep. Yeah. Like, um, like that match with um, on NXT, like the show and in this inside of Full Sail, like like Trent Seven put on like a masterclass in selling in that match is like that's like one of the best like match like I like obviously like my opinion doesn't matter more than anyone else that watches wrestling, but like I feel like if you were someone that was aspiring to be a wrestler, like you have to watch that match and plug in and just to watch Trent Seven sell in in that match alone, but um. But back to the actual takeover matches, like, this was, like, the pull-out-all-the-stops thing, and it didn't have, like, the same story of, you know, one guy's been the other one, let's isolate the the pin-eater and, and torture him to death, but, like, it was still it was still played on to an extent, just not, not as well as the first one, but, like, it was a great feud. It, it really was, and honestly, like, this would have been my pick. On, on my second card, I made two lists uh, whether or not I was allowed to use the uh, uh, takeover UK or NXT UK stuff, uh, NXT UK takeovers. Um, so if I was not allowed to have used the NXT uh, UK takeovers, this would have been my tag match. Um, but like, I end up settling settling for uh, Frozen Waste versus <laughs> Fish and Old Fish and O'Reilly. And I also agree. Like, I honestly feel like the only person I really um, with an opinion that I respect that that likes Fish. And O'Reilly more than Roddy in O'Reilly is Josh. That's really the only person I really feel that I know that says that that I actually care about what they say. Yeah, and it's, it's, just one, of those, it's one of those things, you know. And, and I watch a lot of Ring of Honor too. And you know, Kyle mm-hmm. and Fish as Red Dragon were an incredible team. They yeah. had great matches with the Bucks and a lot of teams in Ring of Honor, the Briscoes, and then they did the Junior Tag League stuff in New Japan. And they are an awesome team. And you know, yeah. Bobby Fish is good, but. You know, I've always liked Roddy Strong uh, as a singles guy. He's like I said, mentioned he's one of my favorite wrestlers, but there, I don't. There's just no doubt to me that him and Kyle together were just better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you get more. It's more athletic. Like, and there's they're not the same. Like when I when you get once you put Fish in, Fish is like okay, slightly less athletic, less charismatic O'Reilly. Like when he's in the ring, and it's, those are not guess it. Like having two Kyle O'Reillys, you know, effectively. And playing heel is awesome, but it's like Roddy just has so much explosion and snap and a motor. Like he's just <laughs> like Roddy's just one of the best wrestlers in the world, flat out. Like it's, mm-hmm. he just yep. is. Mm-hmm. So 
no rest holes. Like I love, I love the way he wrestles so much. Uh, he ain't going like, back. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Like I mean, and the thing with them is, uh, their run. Like you could honestly, you could have picked the Mustache Mountain match um, from Brooklyn. You could have picked the Chicago match with Lorkin and Birch, yep. where uh, Lorkin ends up breaking an orbital bone. You could have picked the match in Phoenix when they finally put over um, War Raiders too. Like they. They killed it. Like that that run with them as like champions was just that might be the last great like championship tag mm-hmm. match run that we have in NXT, but it was awesome. Like and I mean it it can go against the the revival run. It can. And the the undisputed era the UK tournament that preceded the whole Mustache Mountain stuff. Yeah. They, they had a six man tag with Mustache Mountain and then it was Bobby No. Roderick and O'Reilly, they lost the titles in London in night two of that tournament. And right. that's a, that was another right. excellent match as well. So a trio, a trilogy of amazing tag team title matches between those four guys. So yeah. I, I'm a, in big agreement that I'd much prefer the Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly pairing. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I agree with that. But I also think that, you know, the Kyle O'Reilly and Fish... I, not not that we're going to knock it or anything like that. That was still a good pairing, though. But like yeah. you said, Roddy and O'Reilly were just you know like that level right above it. And as Jeremy said, like just instantly became this great tag team. Um, <coughs> personally, when I think of NXT tag team wrestling, I still think the Revival are the best tag team in the world. But when I think of NXT tag team. I, the Undisputed Era automatically, for me, come to the forefront. That's the very first team I think of. Um, mm-hmm. It used to be, like like you said, American Alpha uh, and um, The Revival, but now, for me, it's Undisputed Era. And, and I know, like, if you really wanted to look into it, but we need to remember that Roddy turned on Pete Dunne during that, that um, the tag match. And then, obviously, you know, like you can correlate that there's, a, there's, been a, there's a story the entire way that ultimately brings in other members of British Strong Style um, to take on Undisputed Era. Um, yeah, and like I said, it's just, it's just unfortunate that the NXT match that they had on the TV wasn't a takeover match because that would yeah. probably, I think that could be everyone's pick, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just unfortunate, yeah. but yeah, like I should say, there's, that's three bangers that they've produced. Um, and yeah, like, that's another, that's another great pick. Yeah, like if I were thinking of best. NXT tag championship matches. Um, the two that really come to mind are the the second match between Mustache Mountain Undisputed and the second DIY revival match in Toronto. But it's like you know, like how do you want to deploy Champa? How do you want to deploy Johnny on your card? Like it's just like that that you never you're never going to get around it, and that's the same problem you have with Bait and Dunn. Yep. No picks for Bait versus Dunn yet, actually. And that was uh, Chicago 2017, I think it was. Yep, yep. Yeah. Which the first uh, time I strongly considered, though. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, it's good that the UK, I mean, obviously the UK takeovers have been, like, we've thoroughly enjoyed them. But to see the title matches in America, those takeovers, and they've all been solid, it's great to see. Yeah. Like, well, the the vault, the vault. I remember at the time when Vault and Pete Dunn get uh, put on the WrestleMania weekend. You're like, that's good and bad. 
very good because you know it spotlights NXT UK. But I was I remember at the time saying oh, I wish they'd done this at an NXT takeover kind of thing. And I know we got to see the rematch later on in Glasgow, um, like, like six weeks or so, whatever yeah, it was. Down that was the line. a shenanigan one though. That ended. Yeah, uh, it was still a good match though. <laughs> it was. Um, it was. That was the only thing I remember at the time. Just saying, oh, I really wish you just put this on it. I think if you put that match on an NXT UK takeover, I think that would have sent like a strong statement in the sense that we take this brand serious. But you know, like the moment you put Volter into that brand, I think it. it I don't want to say it, get, it legitimized it because you still had some great wrestlers, but I think it certainly brought more eyes to it, and a lot of people were like, "Oh well, okay, they are taking this serious. It isn't just a yeah. you know British wrestlers cast off kind of thing." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember after the first Blackpool takeover and Walter comes out and, you know, it's almost like a video game where like <laughs> both Walter and Pete Dunn both like do their taunts in front of each other. And you're just like, I cannot wait until the next UK takeover so they can go, <laughs> out, go out here and kill each other. And I remember, you know, getting ready for the New York trip. And then like, you hear like, they're putting that on there. I was like, I feel so sick for these dudes, but like I'm going to be there in person to watch this. This is going to be awesome. Uh. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. And look, th- you know, think about the match you got, and then think about what happened at Cardiff with uh, Bate and, and Walter. And it's like, well, you did get the better match, but I understand. I totally would have. I totally would have wanted like what Pete Dunne was was. I am, in my opinion, at that point in time, like maybe the best champion outside of Okada was the best champion that we that that was going in the world at that time and like for for Walter to like to have to literally pry it out of his cold dead hands with like a million things and finally keep Pete Dunn down which was like the the kind of like what the Pete Dunn match what championship match was like you beat him you beat him he he clamps back down on his mouthpiece and keeps coming forward and like I love that match it was a match that I considered putting on here but I just could I was able to put on the Dunn I'm sorry, the uh, the Bait and Walter match. But, like, I thought about it, and I remember walking out of Brooklyn at the time feeling like the best match I saw in that building in Barclays was Dunn versus Walter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the best. Sorry, Jeremy. I think that was the best match that weekend, and I remember saying that at the time. Um, I, going into that match, I just remember, I was like, I, was like, I really hope this lives up to expectation because... Like we absolutely love NXT UK, and it was like, right, well, if they don't deliver, you know, there's going to be more jokes and people saying, look, look, it's just it's a rubbish brand, blah blah blah. And so I remember at the time, like, wrist needs to deliver, it really has to deliver, and I just said it was just that was fucking awesome. So it was, it really was. And I was actually at the Blackpool takeover, the first one, and when Volta's music initially hit. You know, there was kind of people like, every, I remember I had a couple of people around me, we were all kind of looked at one another, and you looked over, and then you realised, you're like, oh my, because f- no one expected it. <laughs> and then when you had the image of the tomb in the ring, you were like, oh fuck, this is, uh, like, I've never rewatched, and I keep, I've said it, I've never rewatched that pay per view, because I don't want any of my memories to be spoiled from it, but I would never ever rewatch that moment, because <laughs> being there and having it live, like, people lost their shit. It was just, that was awesome. That was an awesome moment. Um, I gotta tell you, like, the the Blackpool takeover and Cardiff, like, crowds are just incredible. Like, I, I they're just incredible. And, um, I mean, also on that, that Blackpool takeover, I think there is a match that could have been picked for um, best takeover tag match. Like, oh, um, 
Yeah, yeah Grizzle Young Veterans versus um versus Mustache Mountain. That was also another like four and a half ish banger. Like I, I love that Mustache match. Mountain like you know, we just talked about it like on the on the sneak, like they belong in the top five for greatest tag uh teams in NXT history. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, you we were talking about, you know, Walter and Pete Dunn. That that was a match I had on my card from New York and like James mentioned, yeah, we're getting ready for New York, and you figure that match is happening. I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome, and I, and I feel bad for you guys, but yeah, us being there live and getting, getting there to watch that match live was just incredible. And just like you guys, like that night when, we, just like you said, James, when we walked, when we left that building that night, in my mind, Bate and or Dunn and Walter was the best match on that card. Um, and I, I have not rewatched this show, um, but in my that night, I just was like, man, that match was just so hard hitting, and like we. Well, James, you had different seats. You were sitting with Penichel, but yeah. we were literally all the way in the back, the very last row in the building, all the way up against the wall, like the very last row, all the way to the top, nosebleed section. And I could feel Walter's <laughs> chops all the way up there. Like, that match was just so hard-hitting and so physical. You felt just everything all the way up there. And I was just entranced in that thing. And I love Walter. You know, Walter has become a staple of, you know, Mania Weekends for us. You know, we've been to, Mm -hmm. you know, three Mania Weekends now in a row. And, you know, he's one of the top guys in there and has great matches on all the indie promotions. So seeing him now on this big stage against Pete Dunne and, you know, it totally delivered. um, It legitimized that NXT UK title even more. You know, Dunne did a great job with his title reign. But having a guy like Walter, one of the best, you know, independent wrestlers in the world coming in, signing, and winning that title in that epic war just elevated the title, elevated the brand. And like you were saying, Ricky, like bringing Walter in did help legitimize that brand more. But all right, this is this is not just like a kitty table. This is where, you know, big boys are coming to play here. And this is a brand you need to pay attention to. Do you remember, uh, exactly do you remember Walter's old, chop old and Walter. full sale? Sorry, Ricky, do you remember uh, Walter's chop to Adam Cole and full sale that time? Oh my gosh! <laughs> just, Knock the soul up that man. Oh, I can still hear it to this day, and it's still r- ringing in my ears. Sorry, Ricky, when you go. No, that was it. Like, like I said, you just never expected Walter to end up there at all. Um, and and part of you is kind of just thinking, well, when is he eventually going to go to America full time? But it doesn't seem like he'll do that, which is kind of good for us. And and speaking of that Blackpool card, like there was a. You know, Jordan Devlin and Finn, Finn Balor took place on that card yep. as well. Yep. That was another, like, I remember when Finn came out, like, again, like, that was the biggest pop of the night because, again, it was completely unexpected. Um, thankfully, we didn't get to see Travis Banks versus um, <laughs> Devlin. Um, that was the opener or was that the second match? I think that was yeah. the third match. The tag match was the opener? I, yeah, no, the, That's opener, right. the opener was a tag and I'm sure it was um, Dave Mastiff and... Eddie Dennis. Uh, yes, yep. And then it was Finn and and Devlin, and then it was a women's okay. match, Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. Yep, yep. Yeah, and you, you mentioned, you know, Walter's music playing. Like, in, here in Florida on the Largo Loop, like, they had been using Walter, <laughs> Walter's music for Marcel Barthel even before Imperium, before, you know, they were, that was even a thing. And they would use Walter's music for Marcel Bartel. So we'll be at Lager Loops like, wait, is Walter coming? And it, would just, it would just be Marcel Bartel. I'm like, oh, they, they trolled us. And so when you heard the music at Blackpool, it was like, are they like doing something with uh, Bartel now? And then Walter actually comes out and was like, 
All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so we spoke with messages like this. So James went with um, Volter versus Tyler Bate. Yes, sir. That's I also went with that. <clears throat> I think so. For I let James in it. Like <clears throat> I think it was a better match <clears throat> out of the two, but I think Volter and Devlin, Volter and Pete Dunn, maybe meant more in a grander grand in a uh, grander scheme of things. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. that Devlin and oh, Devlin again, uh, Tyler Bay and Volter match like. I remember watching it and I thought it was excellent. But personally, I think it might have went a few minutes too long, but that didn't take away my enjoyment of it at all. Um, you know, because sometimes some matches feel like you know you've ruined it by going five minutes too long. But no, like I thought, everything about this match was absolutely fantastic. And like I say, the in-ring work—that's all I really care about. Um, was just off the charts. Um, yeah, well, I, like I said, I picked it. I thought it was a great fucking match, and it's like two back-to-back bangers that Volta produced with um, guys of um, British strong style. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the build-up to that match, a lot's settled around like how how he took out Tyler Bate first, and then took out uh, Trent, and then before Tyler kind of came back. Um, yeah, no, this was <clears throat> by far the best NXT UK match we've had, and I think. The great thing I can say from just like a British or UK point of view is that this also still stands up with anything you'll see across the pond when it comes to NXT, you know. So I think to say something like that took place over here and it stands up against anything that's produced over America, I think that says a lot. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, for, I mean, I understand it's an NXT podcast, but like straight up, I remember after uh, going through my two, best of 2000, or my 10 favorite matches from the whole entire world from the main roster to NXTs to AEW to Stardom to New Japan to um, whatever Jewish promotions I was watching, and just like last year for me, Bate Walter, I think it finished third for me for my favorite, for favorite matches of the year. Like It was just, it's the best big, per, big man, small man match I've ever seen um, just the story of, you know, I took out his back and then you have literal Mighty Mouse, you know, just lifting this dude up left and right. Um, you know, the, the power bomb against the post. Um, and then like, you know, the last, I don't know, five or like 10, 15 minutes is just incredible. Um, and then, you know, you get to end where like the, you know, it gets power bombed and, and it gets stacked up on his shoulders. He kicks it one and Walter's face is just just shocked, and then you know he takes out the last bit of fire he had with that with the uh, lariat. But it's just just an incredible match. Like Bate would get would get something going with, it, with the hurt back, and then Walter would just chop him in the back. It was just that's right. Just an incredible match. Just an incredible match. Yeah, that match was awesome. That was also in like my top ten of the year. I think it was my yeah my third or fourth yeah top match of 2019, yeah. and. Uh, I think it was probably one of the the best match we watched that day. That was a day yep. that it was like takeover. There was the New Japan UK show, and yep. it was all out. I think. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, and Bate and and uh, Walter. Yeah, that was the best match of that day, and yeah, one of the best matches of the year. It's just. I thought when you, when you'd asked before we started recording, can we include UK takeovers? 
I thought you were going to say Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Bate because I remember you were a big fan of that match when it happened. Um, yes, uh, it is probably my mm, is one of my three biggest overrated match, most overrated matches of the year. Whereas, like, I gave it a certain uh, rating, and then like the worst I feel about giving it, like, it is a four and three. Like, I gave it five stars at the time. Um, there are matches that I have given four and three quarters stars to that I feel like are better than that, but it's still at worst a four and three quarter star match. It was a incredible match. Like, and it was a match that, um, for bait, I felt like was essential. Like he needed to get off the snide on an NXT UK takeover and, and win a match. Uh-huh. Um, so and, and the wrestling was incredible. And, you know, the ending finish where, um, you know, he goes up and hits the, the you know, the corkscrew, uh, like bait is one of those dudes where I think like match per match, you know, skill per skill or whatever else. I feel like there aren't, I, I don't feel like there are even two handfuls of people better than him. I just don't. No, I would agree. There's, he hardly puts a foot wrong ever. And he's been in a lot of big time matches. Including the thing is how, well. how young he is. And, you know, seeing him debut in that UK tournament, the first one, I think he was 19 uh, during the first tournament and you know a few years later he's still in his young you know barely mid-20s and just what an incredible performer he is at, at this age it's like right this guy this guy still probably has you know 20 years left probably of a career like yeah. there's no reason why this guy shouldn't be you know a top star in a promotion around the world yeah yeah we just gotta give him some knee pads because he ain't gonna be he, he's not gonna have a 20-year career without <laughs> knee pads <laughs> So I think that's us on to the, the last match and both of you have picked Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Almas from Phoenix, is that right? Uh, yeah. Phila- no, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, Phoenix one... was that same, was the Royal Rumble uh, takeover for the year after. Right. At the time, I think War Games 2018 pipped it later on for me, but Philadelphia, at the time, that was the best takeover I'd seen. I thought it just the the quality of the matches got better and better as the night went on, and I thought leading up to that night, um, takeovers had peaked elsewhere in the matches. Uh, so if it was a mid card match or a tag title match, but this was the first time in a long time that I felt the last match of the night was the best of the night, the Gargano Almas one. <laughs> yeah, they finally put Gargano in the main event. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's really what it came down to. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I could I could probably go for 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 ten minutes talking about this match, but uh, I'm not, I'm just going to simply say it. Like I I don't know um, from just a technical wrestling and storytelling standpoint if there is a better match in WWE history, and I'm putting that against. Um, you know, Austin and Brett. I'm putting that against Undertaker and Sean. I'm putting that against Sean and Angle. I'm I'm putting that against like, you know, uh some of those tag matches with Austin and, and, and Benoit and Triple H and Jericho in um in the two thousand one era era. Like I just an incredible match. Jeremy? Yeah, match was incredible. Um, you know, two of the better, you know, two of the best, you know, pro wrestlers in the world. Um, and both those guys, it was a big spotlight for them because, you know, Gargano, they had mainly been doing, you know, DIY. It was mainly a, a tag wrestler. And, and then Andrade, his push was just kind of up and down. Like, he, they came in with a kind of smiling baby face with the suspenders. And then 
that wasn't really working out. And then they finally turned him heel and, you know, put him with Zelina Vega and get the ball rolling. And this was like the kind of the climax of both of their pushes and um, getting both of them in the main event scene. Uh-huh. That was, that whole thing with Almas was weird leading up to that because it was Drew, Mac- it was Drew McIntyre beat for the title, wasn't it? Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, and before that, they did this thing where he was just not interested and Angelina Vega came along. And for me, the Drew McIntyre match was okay. It wasn't anything special. But when this one came along, I, just, I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. And I remember um, the doc, Chad Matthews, talking about this match. And he's got some, as a doctor in real life, he's got some experience with this. That when Andrade did the double knees to Gargano's face on the ring post at the apron. Yep. Gargano had this far distant look on his face as if he was mm-hmm. genuinely concussed. And Chad picked up on that. So that's that's some good selling there. Yeah, um, I. This was obviously, you know, they had their match on like the, you know, on the bottom half of Brooklyn Three, um, and it was a banger as well. But this was just like taking that and taking it to a main event level, and like paying off all of the Zelina cheating throughout the months, um, leading to that with Candice coming out and and clearing out that situation, and. Like that might have been the time to actually have put the belt on him, but you know they went on making him run after it, and they waited another eighteen months. And it, in retrospect, they probably should have chose any expert between you know when they decided to actually pull the trigger on Johnny and and those in um that this match we're talking about. But I mean, I do appreciate the booking of we the NXT title. Me like winning it means a whole hell of a lot, and it doesn't matter if you're the best babyface in the company. Like you have to go on a path towards earning it. Um, and at the time, you know, it just made that match was so great. It was like, okay, champion stays champion. The babyface got over like crazy in 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 a losing fashion. You know, it, it made you feel like this is this separates the haves and the have nots, and Johnny's gonna have to earn it. And like. That run makes you appreciate it, but, you know, the injuries mounted up. It, mm-hmm. It's an unfortunate thing looking back in retrospect over the whole history of the Gargano thing. Um, but at that time, you know, we were we were having conversations like, is he the next guy? Remember? Like, it was, yeah. it was, it was crazy. <laughs> and it was like, this is a dude that, like, I had got behind just off the strength of watching two tag matches. I wasn't even watching NXT on the television show like that. I was just watching TakeOvers. And I was like, this dude's incredible. And and then, like, to go to that, get to that point is like, wow, like, all of this, all of this happened, like, very, like, seemingly out of nowhere. Like, I don't know if this was intentional, but, like, it seems like they're running with it and, you know, let's see where it goes. Um, I, 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 yeah, I have, I, I can talk about this forever, so I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what are your thoughts yeah. on it, Jeremy, then? Yeah, I, I think too. Like, I know we're talking a lot about Gargano, but I think we could talk about Andrade a little bit. Yes. And, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, him coming in as babyface and then not working out. And I don't know. I was very surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised when he beat McIntyre for the no, title because no. at the time it seemed to me like, oh, it's just you know the, the challenger of the month. 
and McIntyre is going to beat him, and they're just going to keep pushing McIntyre, which I was fine with. But then, you know, he pulls out the win on McIntyre, and it's like, oh, okay, something different. And then we're really starting to see what he can do in the ring in this heel role. And then to come to this match, and it was like, all right, maybe this was a transitional thing. Maybe they're just putting the belt on him to get it on Johnny, and then, you know, he's going to lose. But then he ends up winning, and it's like, Oh, so they're actually going with Andrade, and it's this whole push that they did with him was just awesome. And he's he's another guy that you know you watch him outside of WWE as La Sombra. You see his stuff in uh, CMLL. He had a, a rivalry with Nakamura in New Japan for the IC title. Yep. And you'll see the incredible stuff he did there, and you weren't really seeing that in his initial you know few months in the promotion. But then once he starts turns heel, you start to see a glimpse of what he can do, and he's really turned it on um, in this match, and then just being the champion. Yep. Yeah. And you talked about the transition thing. Like, we thought, like, you mentioned, like, transition to Johnny. It really was like, is it transition to Alistair Black? It was kind of like, whoa, we didn't see that coming. But, like, that was a that was another one of those matches. Like, I feel like it's one of the more underrated matches in NXT history now um, because of all what happened with the two five-star matches on that same card. But it's like, almost putting over um, Alistair was a great match. And it was a great finish as well. Like, they did, you want to do, you know, all the cheating and stuff or whatever else? All right, well, like, here's your, here is your uh, manager. I'm kicking your face while your hands are holding up your manager. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, Almas at that time was just, like, <sighs> watching him, like, because when you watch, you watch him with Johnny, you're like, Johnny's, like, a very great technical wrestler with timing and all that kind of stuff, but, like, the person that is like making this work is like the better athlete, which is almost in like the how vicious he can be. Like those double running knees to the post, like and, and or into the corner, like he was vicious. Like that that that, that back elbow was just disgusting. <laughs> um, you know, he, he would you know if it need if it needed to be like he'll hang you over the top of the rope and hit you with the you know that DDT with you know the, the no handed DDT. It's just like yeah, the dude was just. The dude had so many gifts. The double, the moonsault, like the landing moonsault, the moonsaults again after okay. he lands. Like we don't give him enough credit because, like, he, his run was short with the title, and, he, and you know, it was like, well, this dude's so great. Like, you know, like it is with every massive superstar in WWE. We got to make another another Rey Mysterio, bring him up to the main roster, and you know, he's doing what he's doing now. But it's like at that time, that wasn't far fetched, and you see the matches he have with Ray. And you see it as, like, this dude is one of the best wrestlers in the world, like, like a lot of the top of NXT over the, over the years. Like, what happens once he gets to the main roster? And, you know, he would have these matches, these great team matches with with, um, with Brian or with AJ or with Ray, like we mentioned, but it's just, like, they never decided to actually, like, really go with him. And you kind of just wonder why. It, it, like, it can't just be because he doesn't speak good English. Like, you can find work... You know, work workarounds for that. You can. Uh, it's can. like stop being lazy. Just, just please. <laughs> like, like it, it. It almost became like a uh, like a comedy of sorts to see like all these NXT towns were talking about, and like they get to move to the main roster, and it's like this dude or this woman was incredible, and they get to the main roster, and they just like something negative happened. Uh, it's an odd one. Um. You know, like I said this is my favorite NXT match of all time. <clears throat> I think I remember it was around about this time last year where I was boldly predicting that something like, well, Almas is going to win the world title or Universal or some sort like 
maybe by the end of the year or certainly at some point in 2020. Um, similar to Sami Zayn in the sense that, like, do you realise what you have here? Like, do you realise just how gifted and great this guy is? And as James says, like, surely it can't be anything to do with his English because you've got a great, great mouthpiece in Zelina Vega, you know, and, and they complement each other, especially in NXT, so well. And and even when Candice and Zelina Vega had that kind of altercation outside the ring during the match, like, something like that, that actually added to it as well. Yes. And, you know, so... I think for like for so many people it called up like you know it's like I hate saying called up because it's not true anymore in that <laughs> sense but um, <laughs> like I, yeah they, they completely botched it's still relatively early because it's been what like is it 18 months or so really um, um when he's well, been on the main roster, maybe not even as long as that is it he's He's been around since after WrestleMania 34. That's just two two and a bit years. Yeah, it's like yeah. Eight and a half years, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it entered the Royal Rumble, didn't it, that year? That's right. That, the, um, the night yeah, after? So two, yep, yeah, so two years. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, oh, well, you know, like... um. That did ha- like he was in the Royal Rumble that year, but like I think Adam Cole was in there that year. You know they bring in NXT uh-huh. call ups, do whatever, uh, you know, spot here and there, whatever else, and then they'll take you back. Like I don't want to bring it up, but like the Walter Survivor Series thing, right? Um, so you know, or even what they did with Riddle this year in the Royal Rumble, where you know they bring him in, he throws out Randy Orton on a sneak, and then like Adam, you know, the crowd gets excited, and then like, well. Let's throw him out with Baron Corbin for heat. Um, <laughs> uh, and that Vault and Survivor Series thing. Yeah. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's funny in retrospect oh. that, like, actually, like, if, if we had known known at the time, it's like, actually, like, the babyface in that situation was Corbin. Corbin was trying to throw out the trash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we've covered them now, so what we'll do is, Ricky, yep. before we do the quiz, I'll just run through these again. Uh, yep. James and Jeremy's picks, once my phone decides to work. You have, you've got a quiz for us this week, yes? Yes. Good man. So, Jeremy's, which with, with the catchy title, Takeover Jurisdiction, we have Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain from Tag Titles, uh, Brooklyn 3. Sammy versus Nakamura at Dallas, Bailey versus Sasha Banks, Volta versus Pete Dunne, the North American title ladder match, and Almas and Gargano. And for James, we've got. Well, 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 well can I actually name my my takeover? Of course. Yes, NXT Takeover Retribution. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was actually what I called my main main roster pay per view was Retribution. <laughs> so I had the it all fits. It you know, all fits. I had the crystal ball for that one. Uh, so James is. Uh, I, st- I still, I still, sorry, I still maintain that Caleb probably had the best pay per view name when it came to the the main roster one, the final wash. <laughs> and again, insider jokes. Caleb is just an insider joke. <laughs> He's got Andrade Almas versus Gargano again, Bailey and Sasha Banks, the North American title ladder match, 
uh, Fish and O'Reilly from the era versus the Broserweights, Volter and Tyler Bay at Cardiff, and also Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. So those are the cards. As I said earlier on, we will do a wee poll to see who you think is the best one. I'll put that up on the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group at some point over the next day or two. And also keep an eye on our Twitter. There will be information on a new, another t-shirt giveaway competition. So it will be the same kind of thing as last time where you send in screenshots or just free text of your best takeover that you can put together by next Tuesday. We'll collate the results, read them out on the show in our listeners' listeners submissions episode next week and we'll pick a winner. We'll decide how to do that in due course. Pick a winner and get you a free t-shirt from wrestling, prowrestlingtees.net. So, Ricky... You're going to bless us with a, a quiz this week? Yep. Um, obviously, you want to tell the people your buzzer? My buzzer is, oh, it's true, it's damn true. And then Jeremy and James, if you have got a buzzer. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with Adam Cole, baby. Uh, um... I'll go with minus five stars. <laughs> right, here we go. Question number one. Nakamura's first singles loss in NXT was to who? Adam Cole, baby. Yep. Was it uh, Samoa Joe? Correct. Uh, question number two. I'll give you multiple choice for this. How many different reigns? How many different reigns has there been for the NXT tag team titles? Oof. So is it twenty, twenty-one, or twenty-two? Different reigns. So Adam Cole, baby. Yep. Twenty-one. Uh, Correct. Oh, Jeremy's out the gate. Early doors here. <laughs> Question number three. Samoa Joe made his NXT debut at which takeover? Not necessarily his first match, but just when he first appeared on NXT. Oh, it's true, it's damn true. Yep. Uh, unstoppable? Correct. Where he came out and confronted um, Kevin Owens. Mr. Owens, yeah. Horrible, horrible music. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Question... <laughs> <laughs> Question number four. Who was the winner of season four NXT? Oh. Oh. <laughs> season four, season four. Uh, was that the one with the women? Oh, it's true, it's Dan true. Yep. I was going to say this before you said the women, Jeremy, but I'm guessing it was the Bellas. No, they were they were on the main roster by then. Um, Adam Cole, baby, was it Naomi? Nope. Mm. Was see, am I right in saying season four was actually recently? Like they had three seasons. Oh, there was five in total. Oh, I'm getting confused with Tough Enough. Just ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, right, I'll give you a clue. Uh, right, so your clue is Fashion Police. Adam Cole, baby. Yep. Fandango. He was Johnny Curtis at the time. Yes. Question number five. <clears throat> Who were the final two participants in the 2013 Battle Royal number one contender match to face Big E for the title? The final two entrants, it was, a, an, it was just on a normal NXT show. Minus five stars. Yep. I'll take a shot. Bo Dallas in Sami Zayn. James gets one point. Ah. Who for? Both. Oh, both, right. I thought it was one point each. No, yeah, one point each, so you can buzz in for the second point. Ah, uh, but which one did he get correct? Both. Bo, I thought you said both, B-O-T-H. <laughs> um, oh, it's true, it's damn true. Yep. A stab in the dark here. Corey Graves? Incorrect. Um, Adam Cole, baby. Yep. Was it uh, Jinder Mahal? Nope. Big Jinder. Um, I know he had a little push in NXT. I'll give you the clue. Former 205 champion. My five stars. Yep. Neville? Correct. Wow. Mm. Clive. Okay. Clive. Uh-huh. Clive. 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 Hang your head. <laughs> How? Because I didn't know about a 205 guy? Yes. Yeah, come on. 205 Clive. You're killing exactly. the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my name's not it's NXT. Two hundred five live, and you forgot about the King of the Cruiserweights. Yeah, my name's two hundred five, Clive, not NXT, Clive. <laughs> Question number six: Leo Rush defeated who in a number one contender match for the Cruiserweight title on the debut? Adam, Adam Cole, baby. Uh-huh. Yep. It was uh, Angel Garza, right? No, it wasn't. So I'll, I'll, I'll finish the question. So Leo Rush defeated. Oh, it's true. It's damn one. true. Okay, there you go. Only Larkin. Correct. Question number seven. <clears throat> Same show. Roddy Strong defeated who in the North American title match? Minus five stars. Yep. Velveteen Dream. Correct. Question number eight. Which title reign lasted longer? Adam Cole or Asuka? Minus five stars. Yep. Asuka. Correct. Right, so I need to... I want to change these questions around. Okay, look. So this one is worth three points. What's the score so far? Yeah, I should probably double check that, shouldn't I? So, Jeremy and James are on three. Clive's on two. Okay. No, no. James could be on four, sorry. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, James got the last couple quickly two. then. Yeah, James is on four. Jeremy's on three and Clive's on two. I'm the jobber. <laughs> right, so this one's worth three points. 
name all the participants, no, name all the tag teams, not individual participants, name all the tag teams that were in the first War Games match, NXT War Games match. Oh, it's true, it's damn true. Yep. Sanity, Authors of Pain and Undisputed Era. Is that your final answer? Mm-hmm. I'll give you two points. I watched this a couple of weeks ago. I should hang your head in shame once again. Hmm. So you got two right. You got Undisputed Era right and you got Sanity correct. Adam Cole, baby. Ah, shit. Wasn't the last team off of the pain and Roddy Strong? Correct. Oh, you wanted the whole thing? Right. <laughs> well, I know, I know <laughs> Roddy Strong. I wanted the teams. Right. Hey, hold on, let me I mean, I did know score. that. It's just I left that part out. So wait, is it all four points apiece? Mm. It is. How am I going Right, this is so. This po- this this question is worth. Let me see. One, two, three, eight points. Oh, for <laughs> it's too much. It's too much work for just one point. It's too much work for one point. Oh right, gosh. here we go. That means maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't have done the question. I wanted to. I, I, I thought of this straight away. Right, so here we go. Name all of Asuka's opponents for her title defenses. Now it doesn't. I know there's a couple. There were a couple in there that she faced multiple times. I only need them once, and I don't need them in order. I just need all eight names. Mine is five stars. Yep. Nikki Cross. Yep. Heidi Lovelace, uh, Rudy Riot. Yep. Ember Moon. Yep. Oh, uh, Mickey James. Yep. J- James needs one more, and he's one. Uh, I'll, I will throw out, oh, um, Peyton Royce. Correct. <laughs> Do you know the other three? Uh no, you let let, let let them let them guess amongst it. Oh thanks James, that's very considerate of you. Well um, Adam Cole baby. Yep. Uh, Nia Jax. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um Emma. I, didn't I think that was her. at London. That was before the title, I think. Oh, uh, that was on the title match. Um So there's two left. Did James say Bailey? Nope. Bailey. Oh yeah, Bailey got the rematch. That's right. I know the last one. Can I get a point, please? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let him let him guess. Let him guess. Go for it. Go go for it. Well, if you say Peyton Royce, who else is going to be involved? Yep. Billy Kay. And the Fatal Four. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. So James is your winner by quite the landslide, thanks to the. Bizarre question. Yeah, I mean, you could have. Yes! You, you so, the last you eight point question. <laughs> Imagine doing that in the quiz time invitational, you'd be crucified. 
Well, you know what? I, I'm glad James won. That way, Rants can't come on here and cry about how I, I win everything. So, <laughs> oh, I think that's a, a number one contender match being called out there. So, guys, do you want to plug your stuff before we head out? I mean, you're about to plug their stuff anyway. We're all on the same network. I know, but they're here, so they can do it better than me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So, James, since you won, you can give us your details first. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it, it, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but we'll, and I'll get to it. But, like, if you, like, notice, like, the stuff that, that I answered is, like, stuff, like, after, like, the last half of NXT's history, like, when I was actually watching, like, the other uh-huh. stuff, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Everything else, like, boom, 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 p- pick it up. But, yeah, uh, you can reach me on Twitter at, or not reach me, you can Follow me on Twitter at jamesboyd 87 um, You can also follow One Nation Radio on Twitter as well. Um, that's really about it. Um, on Sundays, me and Rich do One Nation Radio's podcast. We do about around the world, covering stuff like NXT, AEW, um, Stardom, uh, the main roster, whenever the main roster does something really good or really bad. Um, and anything else that comes up, like, you know, a Snoop Dogg and DMX versus... Or, uh, or a Michael Jordan documentary comes out, that kind of stuff. Jeremy? Yep, so you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy L. Donovan. Uh, you can follow my show at KI Strong Style. So you guys know, young boy Josh Smith, Josh Smith and I host Keeping a Strong Style right here on this network. Drop every Tuesday. We're covering everything from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So you can check that out. Also, you can check out uh, socialsuplex.com. I've been doing weekly um, Dynamite preview columns every week for AW Dynamite. And are you officially calling out Rance Morris to a, a duel of some sort? Then, no, I was just I was just poking fun because I I heard last week where he was you know he, he was you know he was you know throwing out some conspiracy theories saying that you know Josh and I win everything on Ricky and Clive and uh, you know accusing you guys of favoritism, but <laughs> I think you guys have been very fair over the years. I mean, I I will say, as soon as I saw your card, I did say to Clive that I know who I'm picking. And half the cards weren't even in at that point. So I knew from early on what my pick was going to be. Um, no no bias here whatsoever. Well, I think <laughs> uh, for this takeover one, we'll, we'll think of a different way to pick the winner. Because that stressed me out. When, <laughs> like, I, I, was, I thought I would be losing friends and everything over it. It was horrendous. <laughs> The ta- the ta- picking the takeover win is going to be hard, but I'm see if we eventually do the like the worst pay per view of all time. Like that's going to be fucking that's going to be fun. Oh, that'll be hilarious! <laughs> like, I can't wait. I'm get rich on for that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh yeah. Just I'll just press record and just say right, rich on you go. <laughs> like 2017 Battleground will be on his list definitely. Um, Hell in a Cell last year will be on his list. Um, there's there's also one from 2018 that sucked as well. It, yeah, he, he definitely has the shitty pay per view all lined up. Like, he, especially if you go into the WCW territory too, he has it on lock for that as well. <laughs> maybe for the uh, for the NXT one, maybe all the people you've had on, we could all be judges, and then it's not not you, not, not you guys, then me, you know, Caleb, Brands, James, we could all judge with you. That sounds fair. That's actually, that's actually a good idea. See, Mr. Social Suplex is the, the man with the plan. Oh, did that... 
That means yeah. we need to socialise or interact with Caleb even more than we <laughs> See, Caleb, it wasn't me that buried you this time on the network. It wasn't me. Uh, he j- he's actually, he just messaged me about 10 minutes ago talking about scrubs. <laughs> Oh dear, right. Yeah, Before, not a prize. Um, <laughs> the other shows that we've got on the Social Suplex Podcast Network are Grown Men Watch This Shit. They're in a bit of a hiatus at the moment, but they'll be back soon. Uh, Get In The Ring and All Things Elite. Give the podcast a five-star review or podcast app of your choice. Help us with the analytics and get us climbing up the charts. I've mentioned earlier about the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, so if you're wanting to get involved in that poll... Head over to there and sign up. Um, subscribe to it. We are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. You can also get the podcast and column sent directly to your email inbox at socialsuplex.com if you press subscribed. Subscribe, not subscribed, because that's just a pointless button to press. Uh, <laughs> the prowrestlingtees.net has a social suplex page if you want to get some of our t-shirts from our podcasts. And don't forget, head over to manscaped.com Get 20% off plus free shipping if you put in the promo code SUPLEX. James, Jeremy, thanks very much for coming on tonight. That was a, a good discussion about all things NXT. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, uh, And I can't wait your invitation to, and when we do a women's podcast. <laughs> can't wait. Well, that because actually... I wasn't serious at all. I'm thinking it can happen. Ricky, any last words? Uh, nope. <clears throat> okay. Ladies and gents, thanks very much for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.